All right, welcome back to Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Gianelli, on this Sunday, August the 1st, 2021. We have reached August. Uh, I apologize for being a couple of days late, but after, you know, quite a busy weekend, I would say, I am here to recap what went down on Friday in the Major League Baseball trade deadline. It was a trade deadline to remember, that's for sure. A lot of wild deals going down. Some of them going down to the wire. Some of them occurring on Thursday night. Some crosstown deals between the White Sox and Cubs. And teams, you know, showing that they are going for it in terms of making the postseason. You know, this is the time of year that you have to make your decision whether or not you are a contender or a pretender. And, you know, with no more... August waiver deadline deals, this was it. July 30th, it's usually July 31st, but they did not want the trade deadline to be on a Saturday, so they had it to be July 30th. And really, you know, honestly, it was as good as it gets. So I'm going to kind of recap and break down, you know, who went where and who's going to make the biggest impact um, going down the stretch. So we first start with the New York Yankees. Uh, they made three moves that, uh, two of, two of them of significance, one of smaller significance. And that was, they got two left-handed bats. The first one being outfielder Joey Gallo, who is going to be the regular left fielder for the, uh, New York Yankees. And, I mean, he could play right field as well, depending on whether or not Giancarlo Stanton is in the outfield. He was this weekend against the Marlins uh, when the Yankees didn't have a DH. So you could see uh, a combination of Stanton, Judge, Gallo left to right, and then you could see, or you could see um, Gallo and left, Judge and right, Stanton as the DH. So... That was the first move of significance, and they made that on they made that trade on Thursday. On Friday, they acquired Anthony Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs. As the Cubs, you know, they really went into quite the fire sale, and they really, you know, sold off as many as many players as they could. And they, you know, are clearly in a rebuild. So are the Washington Nationals. And it was time that a lot of the core players from this Cubs team that, you know, got them to a world championship in 2016. You know, we all remember breaking the curse of the Billy Goat, the 108-year drought. You know, it was time that, you know, things moved on. with You know, Rizzo being a free agent, Chris Bryant being a free agent, um... Uh, Javi Baez being a free agent. And in total, the Cubs traded Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Javier Baez, Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. Uh, Jock Peterson went to the Braves uh, about a week or so before the deadline. Uh, Andrew Chafin was traded to the uh, A's. Uh, Ryan Tapera went to the Crosstown White Sox. Uh, Jake Marisnik was traded. Trevor Williams went to the Mets. Also, and obviously, and Javier Baez went to the Mets as well. As for the Washington Nationals, as, as their big-time sellers, 
Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the LA Dodgers, and we got to get to the significance of that trade as well. Uh, Brad Hand was traded to the Blue Jays. Kyle Schwarber went to the Red Sox. John Lester went to the Cardinals. Uh, Daniel Hudson, uh, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes was traded or traded as well. So, I mean, those two teams and those two teams played each other this weekend, and it, it was quite the uh, it was quite the uh, different look. And even you know, and and today, one of the backups who is now going to get the the bulk of the playing time, Rafael Ortega, hit three home runs today for the Cubs. And, you know, the Cubs need to start seeing who is worth building around and who they can trust in, in, in the future. You know, you're, probably, you're going to be building around Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ. Although, you know, it's very possible if the Cubs don't contend next year, Wilson Contreras could be a, a trade candidate. You know, they, they haven't signed him to a long-term extension. Uh, I believe next year he'll be coming up on his final year of arbitration. So free agency would be hitting him after next year. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with Wilson Contreras. So Cubs have a lot of decisions to make. The Nationals, obviously, the biggest head-scratcher for Washington was the trade of Trey Turner to the Dodgers. Now, he was packaged in the Max Scherzer deal in which the Dodgers needed to significantly upgrade in their starting rotation. Obviously, trying to uh, pick up for the loss of Trevor Bauer. Uh, We know why he's out. We're not going to get into that. So Scherzer steps into the rotation. And, you know, with, with Clayton Kershaw coming back soon... That would be a foursome of Kershaw, Scherzer, Bueller, and Julio Arias. And, you know, that's about as good as the top four as it gets. And for a Dodger team that, you know, could just take on money like it's nothing. Remember, they're going to be paying for all of Trey Turner's contract, which includes this year and next year. And they also are paying the rest of the season with Max Scherzer plus the deferrals that he is owed uh, post-contract. So the Dodgers flexing their financial muscles, but, um, you know, they're, 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 just, they're just out there saying, you know what, we're, we're going for it again because you know, we, believe we're, we believe we are a world championship club. And look, Trey Turner is going to get the bulk of the playing time at second base uh, with Corey Seager coming back off the injured list. And, you know, that is going to be a wild race down the stretch in the National League Western Division because you have the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers who all made significant upgrades. The San Francisco Giants uh, got Chris Bryant from the uh, Chicago Cubs. Uh, They were willing to, I believe they did include Joey Bart, which was much talked about. Um, let's see. Let me see if I get the full deal on this. Chicago, no, they actually did not. They were Chicago received right-hander Caleb Killian and Alexander Canario. And the Giants are picking up the rest of the Bryant contract that in totality is paying them $19.5 million 
uh, for the season. So, what we've seen, uh, what you know, one of the things we saw was most teams were picking up the rest of a player's contract so that they could get give up lesser prospects. Now, in the Mets case, that did not occur, and the Mets traded seventh-ranked prospect Pete Crow Armstrong to the Cubs in a deal that brought them Javi Baez. Also brought in right-hander Trevor Williams in that same deal, uh, who made his debut today or yesterday in AAA Syracuse, uh, uh, throwing six innings of two-run ball, and could be a name to watch uh, coming up to the big leagues to make some starts down the stretch over the last two months of the season. But and, and Javi Baez homers in his debut in what was a terrific comeback win for the Mets last night. Obviously, they dropped uh, their game today 7-1. to But, you know, the Mets need a spark on offense. And, you know, they have still continued to look pretty much lifeless at the plate. And a lot of that has to do with how bad Michael Conforto has been. Because he's sitting in the middle of the lineup and he's batting, you know, 197. And it really just stalls the entire lineup. So... The Mets still have some big issues to talk, you know, still some big issues to iron out. And now there's no more adding to the, the adding to the roster. So, we'll, but, you know, we'll talk about the other Mets issues in a minute. I want to get to some other trades. The Atlanta Braves, they were acquiring outfielder after outfielder. They acquired Adam Duvall from the Miami Marlins. The Kansas City Royals traded them uh, Jorge Soler. Um, they also got Eddie Rosario from the Cleveland Indians. And, they, yep, that was it. Those were the three. No. And they also, and they also acquired uh, Stephen Vogt, a catcher, uh, a few days back. You know, a pre-trade deadline. But what's interesting about that is... You do have Travis Darn, you know. So looking at the Braves, you do have Travis Darnot who is out in Gwinnett uh, on a rehab assignment, and you should be getting him back soon. Now they traded they traded Alex Jackson, their backup catcher. So you know that's not you know that's not going to be an issue. It should be Darnot and and uh, vote uh, as the tandem behind the plate. You also have uh, Stephen Vogt as a guy who is um, playing first base as well in, in some instances. Uh, we talked about them getting Jock, Pe- Jock Peterson. So the, the Braves were very busy. Uh, today they lost, so they are now 52-54, and 54, uh, sitting four and a half games out of – I'm sorry, four games out of first place. Phillies are three and a half. Um, the Dodgers, so the the Dodgers, as also added Danny Duffy. Uh, the I mentioned uh, the Blue Jays getting Brad Hand from the Nationals. So, you know, in the na- you know for the National League East, you know obviously Washington and Miami are going to fall off and fall even further back, but it, it you know. The Braves are the team that did the most work 
to improve their roster. Now, I do believe that they fell short in trying to add pitching, but I think that they're trying to outslug teams to the postseason. Remember, Mike Soroka is not coming back uh, with the torn Achilles. Um, Ian Anderson's currently on the IL. Um, they've been inconsistent. Bryce Wolfson has been having to start games. He does not look like a guy who's really, really ready to take the next step towards being a big league pitcher just yet. So the, while the Braves did a nice job adding some offense to what has been a depleted offense with Marcelo Zuna out, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. out for the season, uh, more protection in that lineup for Freddie Freeman and Ozzy and Ozzy Albies. So I'm, I'm impressed by what the Braves did. I think that their moves are going to be good. Uh, as for the Philadelphia Phillies, I'm not so high on them, and they traded Spencer Howard too. And I still had some pretty, pretty high hopes for Spencer Howard uh, and his big league future. I know we saw him a little bit in the bigs this year for the Phillies. Uh, not all that impressive, but you know I'm not somebody who's going to give up on a rookie. Uh, you know, a couple starts into his career, so they traded Spencer Howard. Um, they they received Ian Kennedy. Uh, who was going to be their closer, and they uh, they got Kyle Gibson in the same deal from the Texas Rangers. And to me, Kyle Gibson is not somebody who needs Citizens Bank Park. Now, pitched well today. He also pitched in Pittsburgh against the Pirates. But to me, Kyle Gibson is somebody who needs a big ballpark to pitch in. And you know, he had a really good first half, an all-star first half. Really come back to earth over the last few you know, last few weeks, but putting him in a pitcher in a in a hitter's ballpark like Citizens Bank, uh, I think that one could be a little troublesome to be honest with you. And you know, in totality, I don't think the Phil- the Phillies did enough. So to me, the the Braves are the team that has the best chance of overtaking the Mets, and I think the Mets fell short in this trade deadline. And I want to get deeper into the Mets here because around 1 or t- around between the hours of 1 and 2 p.m. on on Friday, they learned that another MRI on Jacob deGrom's arm revealed some more inflammation in the forearm, which means he's shut down from throwing a baseball for the next 2 weeks and you're hoping to see him in September. So the Mets got Trevor Williams from the Cubs in that Javi Baez deal, but they could have done more. There was so much more that they could have done. Now, if the reports are true and what came out about the package that the Minnesota Twins asked for when it came to Jose Barrios, who ended up going to the Blue Jays, and we'll get into that trade in a second, but... When it comes to the package, they were asking for uh, Francisco Alvarez, the, the, the Mets' top catching prospect. They were asking for Jeff McNeil. The Mets are not trading Jeff McNeil, and they're not trading Francisco Alvarez. I mean, Francisco Alvarez has been tearing it up in the minor leagues. You got, Jeff, you got James McCann on a four-year contract, which really lines up with 
that the the the, the fall the summer of James's th- either third or fourth year of that deal, Francisco Alvarez being a major league ready catcher. So, you know, he and I believe, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, Alvarez is just like 17 years old, 17, 18 years old. He's a very young prospect that the Mets really like. They're not parting with him. So that the, the, the demands were too high. They were not willing to meet that. Okay, and he's 19. Uh, Alvarez is 19 years old, by the way. But again, he'll be 23. Alvarez will be 23 years old by the time James McCann's contract runs out. There is every expectation in the world he is major league ready by 2025. So you look for Alvarez to be the building block of, of the future. Now, Ronnie Mauricio, on the other hand, was another prospect that had been thrown around in some trades. Um, I know they had talked about trying to acquire Chris Bryant. I talked about trying to, and they were trying to get a big time deal done with the Twins for Kenta Maeda and Josh Donaldson uh, at the very last minute. That did not come to fruition. Uh, Ronnie Mauricio, the shortstop prospect, was a name involved. Now, Mauricio, to me, is a different animal because he's a shortstop and you're locked into Francisco Lindor for the next 11 seasons. It's going to, you know, shortstop prospects are going to either going to have to move around the diamond or be trade chips for future assets that's going to help this ball club win a World Series. So, Mauricio, I did not mind trading. Um, Now, the interesting thing is they did trade Pete Crow Armstrong, again, who is the seventh-ranked prospect in the Mets system, obviously now in the Cubs system. But they decided that they were not going to take on salary and gave up the better prospect. Now, I thought money was not going to be an issue in the Steve Cohen era. But clearly they showed a reluctance to go over the, to go over the luxury tax. Now, granted, my potential thinking is that they could have went over the luxury tax. They, could, they didn't... Um, they didn't, um, you know, go over it this year with maybe thought thinking we're going to go, we're going to blow past it next year because we might re-sign one of our free agents, a couple of our free agents. You know, I would like to re-sign Marcus Stroman, you know, and I would like to re-sign Noah Syndergaard to a modest deal to see that he... You know, to, to to see that he's healthy because he's you know he's not going to get the deal that some might have thought he would get you know a couple of years ago because of how well he was pitching. Obviously, hasn't played since the two thousand nineteen season. You know, he's been recovering from Tommy John surgery, and you know who knows what he's going to get on the open market. Another player that's losing money by the day is Michael Conforto. And Conforto has just been absolutely dreadful. And, and, and I wonder now if, you know, depending on how the last two months of the season plays out, 
I wonder if the Mets choose to re-sign Javi Baez and not re-sign Michael Conforto and make that your double play combination going forward of Francisco Lindor and Javi Baez. Javi Baez said publicly, said publicly he will shift to second base full-time if it meant he's playing with uh, Francisco Lindor. They were teammates... Uh, in the 2017 World Baseball Classic for Puerto Rico, uh, they are best of fr- their childhood friends, you know, so they've known each other for a very long time, and so, you know, we we don't know where the Mets are going to look in the off season in terms of how they spend their money, but obviously, right field would become a hole if they don't resign Michael Conforto. But Michael Conforto is also basically showing you that he is not worth the big t- the big money. So, be interesting to see, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the Mets do uh, from that standpoint. There's another issue for the Mets that I want to get to later on because it's not trade related; it's actually draft class related. But I want to stick with the trades. Obviously, we know that they got Rich Hill from the. Tampa Bay Rays on the Friday before the Friday before the de- before the deadline on the twenty fourth. Um, I'm sorry, the twenty third. Let's see who else. National League Central. The Brewers got Daniel Norris to add an arm. The Cardinals surprisingly adding a couple of veteran lefties with John Lester and Jay Happ. I don't know what they see in themselves. I, I don't think they're exactly contenders. Um, they're hovering around the same record as the Cubs. And the Cubs were huge sellers. So I really don't know what the point of that was. Uh, again, we talked about Jose Barrios going from the Twins to the Blue Jays. You know, that was... A, and, that, and that did cost them Sean uh, Simeon Woods Richardson... Uh, who obviously was a top prospect in the Mets system, who went in the um, Marcus Stroman deal. Um, also, you have uh, they part. They also parted with Austin Martin, who's a you know infielder slash outfielder. So those were two top prospects. So there clearly was a pretty price to pay. For Jose Barrios and for the Blue Jays, this is the type of pitching that they're going to need down the stretch. And he pitched very well today in his Blue Jays debut, and I believe, and I believe got the W. They won five to one, so obviously a good day for Jose Barrios. But they are going to need him down the stretch. They have a terrific lineup with a potential MVP candidate and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, Bobuchet's a terrific player. Kevin uh, Biggio's a terrific player. You got Teoscar Hernandez and Mike and Marcus Semien, so they are loaded with bats. Their pitching, however, has been so suspect all season long that you know they needed a, a, a an impact arm, and they got their impact arm. And you know, right now they're sitting in fourth place in the American League East, but they're right there, just behind the Yankees. The Yankees aren't very far out of the wild card race. There is a possibility of getting three teams in from the American League East this year. 
because Tampa and Boston are fighting for atop the American League East. I suspect the loser is in very good position uh, to get a wild card spot. So it's really going to the American League East race down the stretch is going to be a lot of fun. And the Yankees have gotten immediate dividends from Anthony Rizzo. He's 5 for 9 in the three games. Homer, each of the first two games, did not homer today, but I do believe uh, he drove in a run. So Rizzo paying immediate dividends. Gallo got his first hit as a Yankee today. And, you know, the Yankees are clearly believers that they're still in good position to make the playoffs and they still believe that they are full contenders and you know what they're the New York Yankees they're not sellers they're just not going to be a a team that sells so what the Yankees did was you know let's balance our lineup out a little bit you now have a left-handed hitting power outfield left-handed power hitting outfielder a left-handed power hitting first baseman who is also one of the best defensive first basemen in all of baseball and Anthony Rizzo and you know, he will help Glaber Torres with some wild throws. Obviously, you can't save him if he is not a good defender, uh, you know, and fielding, but just straight up fielding. But, you know, Rizzo saves guys plenty of times from throwing errors. So, big props to the Yankees. I definitely view them as a winner of the trade deadline. Um, I view, the, I view the, the Dodgers as a winner getting Max Scherzer or Trey Turner. Now, I'm not sure when Scherzer will debut. Uh, I saw him throwing a bullpen today in Arizona as the Dodgers are playing the Diamondbacks this weekend. Uh, Trey Turner is currently on the COVID IL, so I don't know when he will be back. Uh, Danny Duffy's obviously an arm that they're going to need to start games. So the Yankees and Dodgers are certainly winners in my opinion. The Padres are somewhat winners. They got they got Adam Frazier uh, about three or four days before the trade deadline. But, and and now despite reports, there were reports on Friday that the, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, that the, they were closing in on Max Scherzer. Turns out that they weren't. And A.J. Preller, the general manager uh, discussed that in the press conference because he he was addressing the reports that they were closing in on Scherzer. They really weren't. He said they hadn't heard back for about seven or eight hours. Um, they, they really had no traction on the deal. But that's a big blow losing it to a division rival where the, the Padres, while they're in great position to make the playoffs, it's been the Dodgers and Giants just like one or two games separated each other. And then the Padres are sitting like four or five games back of the Giants. And it's kind of like they're just kind of like stuck right now. And and now you get the news of Fernando Tatis re-dislocating uh, his left shoulder. Placed on the 10-day IL today. Who knows how long he's going to be out. It looks like it's going to be a, a surgery type situation for the, uh, for the young superstar shortstop. But... They are trying desperately to make sure he could heal enough where he could play the rest of the season, and then this is something they take care of uh, come November, and then he's ready to go for next year. But 
you know, for the Padres, it's going to be a tough second half because the Giants clearly aren't going anywhere. They got Chris Bryant from the Cubs. The the Dodgers get again getting Danny Duffy, Max Scherzer, and uh, Trey Turner in two different trades. So it's gonna it truly is the wild wild west right now, especially from the three nationally California teams as we head towards the home stretch of the season. Speaking of a California baseball team, the Oakland A's and and, and what timing. This is like impeccable timing as he just lined a base hit in the center field. I'm watching A's Angels right now on MLB Network. Starling Marte lines a base hit in the center field. They got him from the Miami Marlins trading left-handed pitching prospect uh, Jesus Lazardo to Miami in that deal. And if you're Miami, you're, you're stacking up a ton of young pitching to go with uh, uh, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Trevor Rogers, who is a definite candidate for National League Rookie of the Year. Obviously, he will have to compete with uh, guys like Jonathan India, uh, who's of the Cincinnati Reds. So, Starling Marte, good, good outfield help, good bat. You know, good. You know, he's a, he's an all around talented player. So. You know that was good. That was good for them. So I mean, California baseball is right now at its peak, and you're likely to get four playoff teams from the state of California, and then there's the Angels. You know, unfortunately, Mike Trout's missed most of the year, but Shohei Otani's been a terrific show. No pun intended with his name. And then, to me, the 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 bit, and then and then let's move on to the losers because I kind of broke down. Uh, you could also add, you know, we talked about the White Sox getting Craig Kimbrell and Ryan Tapera to bolster their bullpen. They also got Cesar Hernandez in a trade with the Cleveland Indians um, to add, you know, the, you know, they needed a second baseman. They also gave up Nick Madrigal in the Kimbrell deal, so they they had to pay a, a, a pretty penny in that deal uh, as well. But the White Sox, who are nine games up on August 1st, they are cruising in the American League Central, and they are looking to bolster themselves up for what is a going to be a, a expected long postseason run. And the White Sox were my preseason pick to reach the World Series. I had them losing to the Dodgers this year, and we very well could see Dodgers-White Sox come October because you know those two teams are loaded with talent. Now, however, the National League is much more top-heavy because the Dodgers could find themselves in a wild-card game, one-game scenario against the Padres, potentially, uh, with the Giants winning the division, and then lose the winner, goes and faces the Giants. And so it's basically a battle royale for who the best National League Western Division team will be. And that, that's really how it's going to come down to what it's going to come down to in October. Uh, as for the White Sox, again, they're just blowing the competition away. The Indians are the only good team in that division other than the White Sox. You know, I mean, the Tigers are improved. The Royals are the Royals. The Twins have had a very down year. So it's really been a cakewalk for the White Sox to this point. So now I want to get to the losers of the trade deadline. And i got to start with the Colorado Rockies. What in the hell are you doing? I mean, what 
kind of weed are they smoking in Denver where they just refused to sell. They had two key free agents upcoming that they know that they're not going to sign. Remember, they traded Nolan Arenado in the offseason because they couldn't afford him after paying a, 200, a, a $248 million deal uh, back prior to the 2019 season. So you pay Nolan Arenado all that money. He plays for you for two years in that under that contract. And then you have to trade him to St. Louis because, well, we don't have the money anymore. And then you have two guys who are going to get nice contracts come free agency. John Gray and Trevor Story. Trevor Story is probably a lock to get 175 to $200 million come offseason. And... They didn't trade him. Now, it has been wildly known for years now. The Rockies are a hard team to deal with. They are certainly a hard team to work out a trade with because their asking prices are so unreasonable. Now, we never got any leaks out on what a package for Trevor Story looked like or what a package for John Gray looked like. But you're failing your franchise if you're not restocking it with assets when you know you're not competing. We just talked about the three best National League teams in their own division. The Rockies are going nowhere. They're not even going up because they're not rebolstering their farm system, which is not great to begin with. So, I don't know what the Rockies are doing. You know, I'd you know, I, you know, I'd like to know. Uh, okay, so Jeff Bridge, he stepped down in April as general manager because he knew. He knew how bad things were. Um, so Bill Schmidt is now the GM of the Rockies after British uh, stepped down. But it's the same regime. Bill Schmidt had, has worked under Jeff British, And th- this group is just incredibly hard to trade with because they just don't do things that make sense. So I don't know what is wrong with them. And why they would refuse to trade anybody. You know, when you're a losing team and you sign guys and you sign guys to one year deals or you got guys on the final year on your contract and you're not having the year you want, you gotta try to recoup as many assets as possible. So now what's gonna happen? John Gray leaves, they get a they get a pick because they, they get a draft pick because of the qualifying offer. You know, and the same goes for Trevor Story. Now, John Gray has said he does not really prefer to leave Denver and he wants to stay a Rocky, but, you know, who knows what the financials will be for ownership? Are they going to be able to pay John, John Gray? We know they're not going to be able to afford Trevor Story. And, you know, that's one of the issues, that's one of the things that gets brought up with baseball not being a salary cap sport. It's all about going over a certain luxury tax number. And I believe the luxury tax number is set at, 
at $210 million. So if you're willing to go over, like the Dodgers' payroll right now is like $300 million because they do not care. Money is endless to the Dodgers. But for teams like the Rockies, teams like the Indians, team like the team like the Rays, money is very endless. There's a very much an end to it, and they can't go over a certain number. They, the the Indians have like a forty million dollar payroll. It's like disgusting how low it is. The Rays, but yet the Rays are in the the Rays have a low payroll, but they're good every year because they got smart executives. They know. When they can't afford somebody, they'll trade them. And guess what? Don't trade with Tampa because they will win every trade. Because all these prospects turn out to be good. They trade Chris Archer. They get Tyler Glass now and, and Austin Meadows. Well, guess what? Tyler Glass now turned into an ace. It's unfortunate he's going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. And we're not going to see him until the start of 2023 because he'll miss all of next year. Austin Meadows is a superstar. Pittsburgh got fleeced in that deal. But that's because the Rays know what they're doing. The, Met, the Mets traded, I think, two mid-level prospects to Tampa for Rich Hill. What's going to happen? They're going to become stars now. But guess what? They become stars. They become good players. And the only, one they, the only one out of the bunch they really kept was Evan Longoria. And even then they had to trade him a couple years ago to the Giants. But he was the only guy... Who really got that second contract that was over $100 million. David Price got traded. He got traded to the Tigers. Um, you know, Blake Snell just this offseason traded to the San Diego Padres. Because you know what's coming. Extension time. Our, their arbitration numbers start going up as they start closing in on free agency. So... The Rays are a team that knows how to do it right. The Rockies are just mind-boggling how how incompetent that organization is. Mind-boggling. They are they they to me are my biggest loser of the trade deadline. Now, I'd also like to say the Phillies are a bit of a loser in this deadline. Now, to they didn't it's not like they didn't try. They 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 tried, but they're just literally throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticks. Because Ian Kennedy is nothing special. He had one special 21-win season for the Arizona Diamondbacks as a starter. And then now he's like an okay closer at best. I mean, the Phillies blow games like it's nothing. So, I mean, they're just like... They're a human. They have an arm. They're a human. They have an arm. We'll go. We'll we'll get it because we need anything at this point. So I thought the Phillies could have done more. And and you know as much as I praise the Dodgers for getting Danny Duffy, Scherzer, Trey Turner, I thought the Dodgers could have done a little bit more uh, in the bullpen because Kenley Jansen is a train wreck right now. But but I'm not going to put the Dodgers as a loser. I do put them as a winner because. When you get Max Scherzer, that's winner. It, end of story. But I do want to preface that by saying, could have done a little bit more. Mets, same thing. Could have done more. Especially if you knew about Jacob DeGrom. Now, okay, things were coming down to the last couple of hours when, they, when that news came into them. 
But trades can be trades can actually come together in like five minutes. All you say is I want player X, and okay, let's let's talk about players that we'll, we're willing to give up. Okay, fine. But also, I I believe that they should have went out and got a reliever because I don't trust Edwin Diaz. I really don't. It scares me that this is the bullpen as constructed for the rest of the season. So I'm in like that mixed category with the Mets right now. Great that they got Javi Baez. It was great last night in his debut. Hit that two-run homer that sparked a comeback uh, in the win over the Reds. But, you know, and, and Baez with a terrific throw home today to nail a runner trying to score. So I love everything about Javi Baez. And I wish he faced Amir Garrett, but that never happened. So that is my trade deadline recap. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Not sure what day. Probably Wednesday. That's when I don't work. And we will uh, kind of recap what happened over the weekend and into the early portion of the week. So we'll talk to you again soon. Don't forget to download the Sokoa Media app. It is available in the Apple Store for iPhone, uh, Google Play Store if you have an Android. Don't forget this is on Apple Podcasts. This is on uh, Anchor Podcasts. This is also on Spotify Podcasts. So we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good night.